Draft Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the Key Pass Collective. Your exclusive source for the information, analysis, and advice you need to dominate your fantasy leagues. Come on in. We've been expecting you. What is happening, everybody? Welcome in to the Keep Draft It Up Collective. Again, why can't it ever just work? <laughs> Holy hell. Okay. Welcome into the Keep Pass Collective. What's going on? My name is Joe Williams. I will be your host here for this particular episode. Um, we're back. We're doing more positional previews, and it's going to be a marathon tonight. So for anybody who is joining us live, welcome. Go ahead and get those comments in the chat. Say hey to us. Give us any questions that you guys have. Uh, for anyone who's joining us later on the podcast, uh, whether it be on Spotify or your preferred uh, podcast provider, this is going to be broken up into two separate episodes. We're going to tackle mids first, and then we're going to tackle forwards second. So just to give people an idea of what to expect today, that is kind of how we are uh, going to attack the, the two remaining positional previews and we're not going to really preview goalkeepers so i hope that's okay with everybody else all right reminder what is the keep ass collective welcome in if it's your first time uh keep ass collective is basically the audio companion to the draft society website what is the draft society that's going to be your go-to spot for the draft game literally just to dominate your league uh we've got everything you possibly could need uh so head over to the draft society and most importantly most importantly right now what we have at the draft society is going to be the draft kit the draft kit of course has been out since i don't know over a month uh it's got team previews it's got rankings that were literally just updated today um, it has a live draft aid, which can actually literally walk you through your draft and give you um, upside picks, give you picks that are going to have the highest war, give you recommendations for who you might want to pick next by every single position. Uh, we've got team previews that are so in-depth, it, it's, it's mind-boggling. Um, transfer analysis for every single, uh, tr every single transfer into the league. We just released the third one of those, and um, we're already kind of taking notes for the, the next one that's going to go out. Uh, so yeah, check it out, DraftKit. We're really proud of it, and it is live, and it's there to help you win your draft. Um, if you want, you can subscribe for the entire season with the Ultimate Pass for seventy. Um, that's going to give you, most importantly, our to our fantasy toolkit, which will in season give you week in and week out recommendations for who to pick up off the waiver wire, bespoke advice for your particular league based on your Fantrax ID. So that is huge. Check that out. Um, if you're willing, otherwise the draft kit itself is $15, um, goes to an independent fantasy football site and we do appreciate, um, the support and everybody who's already supported us. Literally, you guys are the reason we do this. So thank you so much. And quick shout out. There's a ton of free stuff on there too. 
So top 75 consensus rankings are completely free. Um, we have some general strategy articles in terms of drafting. We have how to set up your leagues, draft 101, what is the draft game? Um, and then in season, there's also several free weekly articles uh, that we that we put out. So just just a shout out, you know, just do head over to the Draft Society, even if you, you're not interested in um, paying anything or you can't pay anything, totally fine. We would just love for you to check out the stuff that we've uh, take, taken a lot of time to prepare and um, hope that it helps. Legitimately, hope that it helps everyone uh, in their draft prep and uh, week in and week out during the season. Okay, so as I mentioned, um, today we're going to be talking midfielder previews. Let's first go ahead and bring in the gang. We have the two faces that you know and love. Um, unfortunately, Gavin cannot join us tonight, but that's okay. We've got some uh, some stellar gentlemen here. Toddy, what are you sipping on there? I know the the Magnus. If he's if he's listening, he's gonna he's gonna be wondering. Is that a Singha? It, it it is. Oh, nice. <laughs> I found it at Aldi, um, <laughs> and it brought me back to to my uh, holiday in Thailand. So good memories. Anything to relive holiday memories, right? Yeah, exactly. And Absolutely. Beer, beer right. mostly. Right, beer, and just beer, also just beer. Ryan, a new name, uh, a new background. Not a very inviting one. <laughs> Sorry, man. I didn't know that uh, you were judging me on my backgrounds. Um, yeah, this is my office, so it's not supposed to be luxurious. It's supposed to be where I come in and get things done. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. I'm drinking a Coke Zero, by the way, full of carcinogens. Full of carcinogens. But sometimes you need the caffeine. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes you need a good carcinogen. All right, cool. Well, guys, like I said, it's going to be a bit of a... Uh, Oh, nice. Gavin's in the chat. Okay, cool. Hey, Gavin, how's it going? Uh, hello to everybody. Uh, feel free to say hey if you guys are if you guys are joining us on YouTube. Um, what's up, Adam? Tom, how are you guys doing? Uh, hopefully, we get some questions in there we can ask. And, and feel free to contribute as we're talking about things. We'll flash stuff up on the screen. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the long and short of it. Like I said, going to be a marathon guy. So let's go ahead and get stuck in. All right. So like I said, midfielder preview, we're going to be talking rankings discussion. Again, we just updated those today. Uh, so we've got, we've got a lot to talk about there. Then uh, some late round gems that we are all sort of like looking at, maybe keeping uh, close to the chest. We're not going to tell you all of our sleepers, but we might tell you one. Uh, and then, of course, any questions that you might have in chat, um, hit, us, hit us with them. We'll try to see if we can fit them in. All right. So first things first, guys, this is not going to surprise anybody. Uh, I've sort of sorted this by, if you want to say tiers or um, let's say points in the draft more, um, but obviously first round within the first, usually five picks, uh, we're seeing these three players go. It's of course, for those who don't have the, the benefit of seeing this on the screen for audio listeners, I'll try to dictate as much as I can for you. Uh, we're looking at Bruno Fernandez. He's our consensus rank number one, Kevin De Bruyne, four, Bukayo Saka, five. Okay. So um, I don't know if there's a ton to talk about around these guys. Uh, we talked about some De Bruyne kind of talking points uh, at the beginning of the summer. Not a whole lot has changed there, except for the fact that his injury maybe is a little better than expected. Um, but other than that, or that included, uh, how do you guys want to tackle these? What do, what do you want to? Where do you want to start? Um. Start in chronological order, I suppose. Um, 
the case for Bruno is is basically that he never misses a game. I don't think he's missed one, um, missed a start or got an injury since he's come over uh, to Manchester United. So, I mean, you can't put a price on availability. Also, I think he was the top scorer post-World Cup. Um, you add in a decent striker. Um, I'm assuming this great Dane is, is decent, um, given how much money they paid for him. And that's a recipe for, in my opinion, uh, the top top player in the game. Um, so, of course, he's the top mid. KDB, one of these seasons, his age is going to catch up to him. The fact that he's going into the season with uh, an injury um, concerned a lot of us. Obvious Man City rotation issues. Um, so, I personally have Sokka just above him. Um, he's balked up over the summer. Um, I think Arsenal is going to get even better. He's nailed on as you as you can be. Um, I think he'll score more goals. He's on right-sided uh, corners. He's on pens. Um, yeah, he's got a, a good case to to be made. So, yeah, my order there is Bruno Saka KDB. Yeah, that's mine too. For those wondering, um, if you can see on the screen uh, the initials there, that's that's the the ranker. That's the person doing the ranking. So uh, this is kind of sorted in the columns by each by each uh, analyst. So you've got Draft Genie, you've got Draft Lad, you've got Gavin Wright, and then JW is me. RB is Ryan. RP is Robbie, and then TA is Toddy. So um, yeah, so just so people can kind of process what they're seeing. All right, Toddy. Let's see. So it looks like for you. You have you're you're the only one of us who has KDB above Saka. Yeah, um, obviously factoring in the fact that he's probably gonna start less than thirty games this season. Um, I just I just honestly hope it doesn't happen. But I just think that this, as as much as we say it about some players, but this might be the season when um, Saka's um, unhumanly uh, number of games played so far in his young uh, professional career will catch up to him a bit. I think I think um, he has proven that he's not injury prone. He has proven that he's durable. He has proven that he's he he can manage the rigors of the Premier League, but. I just think that he's played so many minutes in the last few seasons without rest, without um, rotation really, and with no injuries that that either either through a rotation of some sort or through maybe a soft tissue injury somewhere, it will it will come back to bite him. I still mm -hmm. rank him sixth, so it's it's he's, he's still he's still. Um, close to a top five, and and I can I can see why you guys rank him above uh, KDB. So it's not sacrilege, but but I just have I just have a a little fear a little fear that that it might come back to bite him. I mean, I guess we could from Ryan, you're the resident kind of gooner in the uh, in the in the office here today. Uh, should we discuss? Arsenal rotation potential this year. Real I mean, quick. It, it sounds like you want him to be rotated more <laughs> to prevent injury, which is a weird. No, well. um, 
I'd rather him rotated than transmission. injured. I'd rather him rotated than being injured. But it's but not. I, it's not binary. I mean, we just got it, through it, saying that Bruno's played six hundred thousand games every six months, <laughs> and he's been perfectly fine. He's insufferable, that's fair, so that's probably why. But that's true, and and I think Saka's uh, very Saka's, young. Yeah, I mean, he's good bulked lad. up as well, so he's going to be. I think I think the fact that uh, Bruno doesn't play much in European competitions, which might change this season. Uh, but hasn't so far because um, United haven't been involved in the latter stages of the Champions League in recent seasons. Um, I think that that um, offsets him a bit. Uh, I think Saka hasn't had many rotations, even in cups, because he's the only right winger they have. But again, it's two spots, so I'm not going to die on this hill. I, I can see I can see why you guys had sucker ahead of him. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And I think I mean these are yeah, what yeah. <laughs> these are as we say in the Midwest. I don't know if you guys have this saying or not. Uh, it's a horse apiece at this point. I mean that's you don't have that saying. No. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, we we have that. We we also have the saying that means the same thing. Um, six it's of one trip. half dozen of the other. Six of one half dozen of the other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're dealing with a baker's dozen, of course, then that throws everything off. Uh, all right, let's move. <laughs> let's move right along. Okay, here's our second set. And the reason that I cut it off where I did, you can see this goes Madison from consensus rank number nine all the way through Soboslai Dominic at 28. You're welcome, Toddy. Uh, <laughs> that was very good. That was a Thank very you. good pronunciation. And so the reason I did that is because for me, I am pretty happy with almost any one of these guys, except for, well, you can look at my rankings, uh, except for maybe Jared Bowen. And I was on the fence about Sobaslight until maybe a couple of days ago. I'm still, still not completely sold on him getting um, all of the minutes or, or at least most of the minutes. I'm worried about Jones. I'm worried about some of the other uh, cogs in that Liverpool midfield. But um, I don't know. This is a weird crop because it feels to me like, okay, a lot of these guys here, you can get them throughout the second round and even into the early third round. And I'm pretty much happy with almost any one of these. There's a few that I favor over the others. But, I mean, for the most part, um, this is just a really good crop of midfielders and this is why i think drafting early is actually better this year now that i've had two drafts where i drafted late mm. let me let me quickly just go through them for uh for audio listeners so we got madison at nine uh Grealish at 10 odegaard at 11 martinelli at 13 phil foden 14 mitoma 15 march at 16 as 18 bowen 20 morgan gibbs white 21 pascal gross 24 Kulisevsky, 25, and Sobosly at 28. Who would like to attack this first? Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, I think um, I think it's it's a it's a big tier, uh, obviously. Um, so there is going to be a bit of bit of um, difference in opinions uh, among uh, our rankers and among our listeners as well. Um, 
I would like to highlight two of these players uh, that we maybe speak less about. Mm. Uh, one is Solly March, who is um, currently out with an unknown to me type of injury. Um, probably something um, with his legs or his muscles. Says, uh, says Hammy. Says Hammy, yeah. That's what I thought. I didn't want to go jump the gun, but yeah, I thought yep. Hammy. Uh, and um, and uh, the Zerbi hasn't been a bit um, shady about his return, so I would I would expect him not to be in the squad for game week one, mm -hmm. uh, which maybe puts a puts a some somewhat of a question mark around his um, beginning of second second round grade. Um, and the other one I wanted to mention, probably not, not to move him anywhere, just to just to have a little side note for him is Jared Bowen. Um, we have heard or we have read rumblings about about discontent uh, at West Ham for for some time now. Nothing major came out. I think there was no national news stories. Just some some twitter accounts saying it but it's it's become a bit more prevalent in the last few days and it it seems like the technical director and the coach david moyes are not seeing eye to eye on transfers and that's why no no one's come in yet um and as much as the conference league win is a huge historic thing we can't ignore that they they have flirted very hard with relegation last season. Absolutely, and haven't strengthened um, their main go-to guy. Antonio is a year older, uh, as is everyone else. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's de he's definitely uh, feeling the age a bit more. Um, and to to sort of caveat Bowen's position there is that. It's been reported that Moyes loves and is pushing to get uh, JWP in from Southampton. They are not, they are not getting it done yet, and it's still up in the air if they will get it done. But that definitely has to be in the back of your mind when you are looking at your mids in round two and Jared Bones coming up. Yeah, I passed on Bowen actually for Solvaslay in in a league um for that particular reason and i just also like i had him last year and was pretty frustrated actually by him as a fantasy asset um he just he has his matches where he's he's completely anonymous and um yeah i just was hoping i guess i'm hoping for more than that from from this crop here so for me bowen's really the only one that i kind of take issue with here because I think I've come around a bit on on Silbusly after seeing him uh, yesterday, I I was I was pretty impressed, to say the least. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, this is a big reason why I think you can wait a little bit, a tiny bit, to get mids because there's such a good crop um, this season, as you can see from these guys. I mean, this doesn't even include Pekata or, or McNeil. Right. Um, when healthy, are are pretty close to to this group. So there's a bigger fall off in the other positions than than mids this season. Um, and yeah, it's it's just 
its levels um, in terms of, of this group. But yeah, as you said, there, there were all of them could make a case for your for your mid one, um, and all of them in a normal season might might go um, round two. But there's there's a fair amount of these guys that you can get round three. Um, and I've seen gross slip even, even further. So yeah, I got him in four. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. And like I said, I'm, I'm happy with most of these guys. Um, some people, I'd say Kulisevsky is a, is it an interesting one? Um, you've got some people thinking it's going to be a complete reversal from last year and he's going to absolutely dominate. Um, some people thinking maybe that he is not nailed anymore. I mean, it's just, I said the jury's a little bit out on, on Kulisevsky. Some people are over the moon. Some people are very skeptical. Um, as you can see by our ranks, Ryan, you're the lowest on him. Um, what's your, what's your thought on that? As you can see, draft Jamie has him at 18 overall. Yeah. Um, I, I get the newfound optimism, I suppose for, for Spurs, um, with post but, I mean, for these, for new managers, especially system guys like Pusicello is, it takes time to implement the system. So, I mean, they're not going to, I mean, I'd be surprised if they hit the ground running um, and there's going to be some growing pains. Obviously, the Kane situation, the longer it stretches out, um, is going to cause some issues. There is a, a bit of a crowd um around that position, depending if Kane stays. I mean, Sun can play there. Madison and Pinch could play there. Richarlison could play there. Um, I like Kuzovsky as a player. I think he's he's good, and he had a, a down year. I think he'll, he'll improve upon that. Um, whether or not he's going to be a top 20 player is is just a thing that's, that's up for debate. So I'd rather get him late third, um, mid to late third, um, I don't, I wouldn't want to take on that much risk much earlier than that, but yeah, I get the, I get the narrative, but I just think they're going to take a little bit longer to, uh, to gel than, than folks realize. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And there is a, there is, um, argument again, the same that we mentioned, or I mentioned in the defenders pod that if you look at the team with the on paper best players on Spurs with Kane up top, Son, Kulusevsky, um, Madison, maybe Lo Celso, Poro and uh, Udogi, then you have seven attackers and three <laughs> three defensive players <laughs> in that team. Um, so so yeah they need to sacrifice some some creative creativity and attack for some solidity at the back and whether it be Poro, whether it be Udogi, whether it be um Kulusevsky, it's it's up for debate but but um probably worth um sort of keeping an eye on that and and uh, maybe tampering some expectations our, our friend Benji is in the chat currently. Benji, what's up, brother? Um, of course, always saying controversial takes, which which is fair. We, we love you for it, Benji. 
Uh, if Matoma makes even a marginal improvement over last year, his place here could look a bit freezing cold takes by the end of the year. Yeah, you're right. Us having him top 15 is a freezing cold take, Benji. Um, but that 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 aside, um, let's talk about Brighton quickly because when it comes to all these mids here, obviously you're seeing quite a few Brighton mids. Um, Matoma, sure, was putting up crazy numbers. And, Why is and- he not higher? Go ahead, Tati. Yeah, we need to. I think we need to remember that um, we had some issues with Mitoma not finishing, and we had some issues with Mitoma not getting returns. And we were happy and we were enjoying the our um, waiver wire pickup, getting ten points on the routinely every week. But he wasn't getting twenties. He wasn't getting thirties. I no. remember Ryan. Ryan. Uh, commenting that when we were all on the Mitoma train, and um, and I think Benji is referring to if he's actually puts together some attacking returns, then then we need to talk about him in the ilk of of uh, Martinelli and and Grealish because if his floor is around ten and he gets an attacking return every second game, then. Yeah. I mean, okay. So what? Okay. So oh, we were off on him by five spots. Consensus <laughs> rank. Like okay. <laughs> yeah, you can direct that to Genie at twenty four. But yeah, yeah. To we'll blame it on Genie, Benji. <laughs> I mean, his ghost points per start were I think under eight still, um, and he uh, he was great. I mean, obviously we all picked him up on the wire, yep. which was a nice bit of solidarity. Um, and yeah, he can improve, of course. But um, yeah, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. There's a lot of games with Europe. Um, folks will start to probably adapt to the Deserby system. They won't be as surprised. Um, so there's a lot of headwinds, I think, uh, for Brighton. But I mean, love Matoma as a player, and I would love to to see him prove us slightly wrong and add a few more attacking returns to his uh, to his game but I mean because of all of those um, potential hurdles you got to price that in and I think the end of the top 15 is is fair which of these Brighton midfielders currently on the screen gross Matoma or March had the highest fantasy points per game from boxing gate boxing day till the end of the season I feel like it's a trick question so I'm thinking it's gross I think it's March. Not only is it March, he was actually the top scorer in terms of f- points per game. Um, I, I definitely knew that. More than Bruno. Over, over. well, not quite. About three quarters of a point higher per game um, on average than Bruno. Yeah. So there you are. First, I think he, based, on, based on draftless projections, he is a first-round pick. It's just all the intangibles that make make us um, drop him a bit more. Not to forty-five projections. We're not going to talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> you just you don't cite the Bible anymore. Oh no, no, blaspheming here. Um... <laughs> uh, it's, it's supposedly based on Fantrax projections, which I actually did check. Um, there are not going to be any clearances next season in the Premier League. Just zero. And everyone that plays a double game week will score 60 points. Sucks for Tarkowski. Yeah. 
Dropping down your ranks, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Gavin brings up a great point. Um, Asian Cup, I mean, let's talk about Europe. Let's talk about all the extra games that that Brighton are going to be playing, um, especially ones that they're going to want to to win and perform well. Uh, You just wonder if there's more rotation coming up, and they've got more attackers. They've got um, a lot of cooks in that attacking kitchen. So I just think, yeah, I I think – I like I like him at 15. I don't know if I like him any higher than that. But Benji is retracting uh, his criticism and saying that he was referring to Genie all along, um, which is a likely story, Benji. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> let's move along. Okay. Our next crop starts with Dwight McNeil. Uh, consensus rank 29. Michael Olise, 32. Paqueta, 33. Jolinton, 41. Saeed Rama 44, Mason Mount 47, Alex Iwobi 50. I it's still I still I'm still taking aback seeing his name uh name here, but Alexis McAllister 53, Harvey Barnes 54, um Andres Pereira 55, Casimiro 68, and Hamid Traore 63. So this goes from consensus rank 29 to 63. A lot of names here, and this is where it starts to get a little bit dicey. This is where things start to kind of um and if you look at our rankings. There tends to be a lot more differentiation between uh, the different analysts. So, given that, where do you guys want to kick it off? Dwight McNeil with the injury. Should we talk about that? Yeah, I think Olise and McNeil. Yeah. Um, would have been firmly in the tier above. Yeah. Had it not been for their injuries. Yeah, Olise was in before the before the injury. I think with France um, was solidly going a bit earlier than what Eze is going right now. So we're thinking early uh, to mid-second round. McNeil was looked like he was um, late second, early third. And obviously with the injuries, that, uh, that's pushing them back. I don't think we have any real um, clarity on, on either of the injuries, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, we know that Elise is probably a couple months. McNeil's there's fears that it's bad, but there's I haven't seen anything concrete. I don't know if you guys have. No, not yet. No, no. Uh, and I think, for me at least, um, I had Elise dropped to the well, same as Ryan, forty forty one. Not be, not only because of the injury, because of the transfer uh, rumors as well. I think if he leaves um, Palace to go to a place where he's going to fight for a place. Uh, coming back from injury to his new team, that that screams um, second half of the season, he's going to be good. First half of the season, he's going to struggle. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're spot on. Um, yeah, Ryan, I haven't seen anything on McNeil. Um, Olise, I haven't seen anything on the recovery. All we heard was grade three, um, was it hamstring tear? Yeah, hamstring yeah. tear. Yeah. But of course, if you're KDB, you just shake off a hamstring tear like it's nothing. So, I mean. He shook off the um, skull fracture as well. <laughs> Not yeah, everyone bust, who can just bust it up. I shake yeah. off a skull fracture. Um, all right. So, uh, let's, talk, let's do this quick. Who, out of this crop, who are your sure things? If you could only take like three of these guys. Who who are you taking? That's 
that's, those are, I think, two different questions. Sure, the only okay. sure thing in this list is Alex Effin Owobi. <laughs> Ridiculous. He'll get you ten every week. You're right. That's, take that. But he'll never get you more than fifteen. No, 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 no. Of course, of course not. That's so that he's a sure thing. Um, Joe Linton is somewhat similar. He's he's pretty reliable. Um, the upside guys that you can get later. Um, I think I got Ben Rama in the seventh or the eighth, and um, obviously playing time is a is a big concern for him. But if he does play, um, he's shown us that he can score very well. Um, so he's one of those later guys that I think has a, a good upside, despite whatever the hell happens with uh, with West Ham. The lack of signings actually would probably help him, to be honest. Um, yeah, Toddy and I had a back and forth on Harvey Barnes, so I don't know if we want to rehash that. Um, I, uh, yeah, um, I mean, you can see draft line pretty low on him. Um, G, it's it's Genie surprisingly Genie and Toddy who are who are propping always, up this this ranking. Always been truthers. I am mean, I am I am admittedly a Harvey Barnes truther. Um, he does does have a high goal assist dependency, um, but I think he I think he has been solid uh, on Leicester every year that. Um, that uh, we drafted him. He's he's always had a third, third, fourth round um, ADP, and he's delivered on that every year. And he's joining a better team with better attack, um, with better finishers. So that's why I have him have him at thirty. How often does he play? I think he's first choice. Okay, this year you think he's nailed. I don't know. ASM leaving, I think he'll be the left, the starting left winger. Um, Not that ASM was the starting left winger last season, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, <laughs> I, think, I think Barnes is the starting left winger. I think um, Joel Linton shuffles back into the midfield three um, with Tonali and Bruno Guimaraes. The Isak up front with Anderon um, to start with on the right. So, Toddy, who are your two to three that you're taking if you, I mean, if you if you don't want this pick to bust, let's say. I'm taking Harry Barnes, obviously. and um, If you don't want this pick to bust. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, it's between it's between Joel Linton and McNeil. Um, even with the injury, I think McNeil is... Um, is... 115. <laughs> just sorry, I just saw the genies. Genie's ridiculous. <laughs> Come on, McNeil uh, on on a on a working Burnley was. Let me see who's around one fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Scroll to one fifteen and see who else is there. <laughs> oh man, it's like you're Let's gonna see. take either him or what? Like Laporte, probably. Laporte. Yeah, yeah. Enzo <laughs> Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think I think um, as much as. As Everton is a bit of a question mark, um, out of all this lot, he's the only one who has consistently been able to be a top 10 midfielder uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, Fair enough. I mean, I love, I love 
Hamid Traore, but I mean, talk about cooks in the kitchen, my God. Um, if, especially yeah. if they get Alex Scott, that'll be, yeah, just not not confident that he'll he'll start and stay on sets. Um, Pereira, there's a lot of question marks going into to Fulham. Um, I saw early on that he was going to be value because he was dipping down to like the sixth, seventh round, but um, his ADP is crept up a little bit with Mitro probably leaving and him getting over an injury. He's, I still think he can be value. Um, it just depends on where he goes. Uh, yeah. Ryan, you will, you will never fucking believe this. This is, this must be fate. 115 in our consensus rankings is none other than Jeannie's boy, Damari Gray. <laughs> that is so fate. to be fair, he did displace Gray for him. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. Um anything else on this lot? Um for me, honestly, if so if I'm posing myself the same question that I did to you guys, I'm I'm probably gonna go McNeil. Um Pakata, I really like. And Big Joe, I think. But like you said, Ryan, you can get Big Joe later. I got him in the fifth today. And I was overjoyed. Yeah. Um, Ryan, can you tell us a bit more about your 32nd ranked player? Money Mace? Another one of these mea culpas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. You can draft him. No, you can't. Not anymore. That's no. right. You're not allowed no, to. Yeah. I don't have the pleasure. <laughs> privilege um i think it'll be a little bit lower than that so that's probably a a, a clerical error as, uh, <laughs> as they say you'll, you'll just um, fire your assistant after this yeah 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 yeah. she's gone so if you um, were lower on him mason mount would definitely drop down a little bit in our ranks maybe closer to 55 Somewhere around I mean, like the. You wouldn't, you wouldn't drop closer to 55 because only right, uh, Robbie has him at 50, 54. So um, our consensus ranks, the aggregator actually disregards the um, the yeah, outlier one. pick. Yeah. yeah. So, oh. um, so don't blame the shit on me, man. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's no, good no, to know. No. His, his ranking is, is solid there at 40, 47. Uh, it's just it's just that it, it hit me that you had him at 32. But. Uh, I thought that I thought that that must be your assistant fucking things up again. <laughs> it's got to I mean, be the the case. The case for Mace, um, as insufferable as it sounds, is he's going to be nailed on. <laughs> he's been nailed on at every team he's been on, uh, whether it's England, Chelsea, whatever. Um, for going back to Derby, what whatever reason, um, United will be better. He has been abysmal in preseason. I'll give you that. Um, so he's he has the chance to pop. Um, like I said, I would probably drop him down a bit. But um, in terms of lottery tickets in this group, he's he's one of those guys. Um, so yeah, he's not your your guarantee steady Eddie um, from this group, but he is a a flyer. I would okay. say he has the potential to be to be better than a lot of these guys but we'll see um in chat we have a comment from george 
he brings up something that um he's not actually greek reason, by chance is he he i think he is <laughs> um <laughs> greekest name i've ever seen in my life very greek name uh i'll pop it up on the screen here in a second but it's going to cover up the player that we want to talk about uh which is Hamid Traore, and that's the reason i actually almost cut this list off at casemiro but i included Hamid Traore in it because just i like him um but i have similar concerns to what george has he says he might be do not draft for him at the moment. I don't know if I'm going that far, but I am definitely concerned um, about Traore. I even picked your guy's brain on that today as I was drafting um, to try to see what you thought about him, and you basically talked me out of him. So uh, do you want to do that for listeners as well? <laughs> I mean, I was talking uh, from the beginning of this segment about the, all of the collective cooks in the Vitality kitchen um, down in Bournemouth. There's just so many players vying for a spot. Um, and from what I know about the Iraola system, uh, I just don't know if it's conducive for a more kind of, I don't want to say pedestrian, but um, <laughs> I guess languid number 10 that's uh, a bit creative. Um, so yeah, I just don't know if if he's going to be first choice. Um we all know that he had that great stretch last season um, yeah. and then got injured. Uh, so we know that in the right circumstances, he can ghost out of his mind, but I just don't think he'll get consistent opportunities, um, at least right away, barring injuries. So that's the big concern for me. And it, if they get Alex Scott, who is also a creative player, um, then I think it's, yeah, then he would be D&D for me. Yeah, he's close. He's close to D&D. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So we should maybe even move him down, to be honest. Should have. Okay. <laughs> All right, Come on, George. Thanks. Thanks for keeping us honest. Um, all right, here we go. So this is the final group. I know this one's going to be hard to see uh, just because there's a lot here. Uh, there are some players that don't worry. We're going to talk about why they're not in this group. Um, but uh, this is kind of our final one, at least one to focus on in terms of guys that you really want to to try to bring in. So there's a lot of names here. Let me run through them very quickly. They go from consensus rank 70 to 101, and there's going to be some obvious uh, interesting discrepancies, most of them back to Draft Genie. But um, let's talk through that again. Okay, we've got Ducori at 70, Bernardo Silva, Mikhailo Mudrik, Miguel Amaron, Josh Brownhill, Bruno G., <laughs> Uh, Bruno G, Leandro Trossard, Declan Rice, Jacob Ramsey, Justin Cluiver. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Toddy. No, Justin Clivert, um, Yuriti Lamont, Kevin Shad, Jaden Sancho, Sandro Tonali, and Harry Wilson. Okay. <laughs> there. Brownhill 200 just kills me. <laughs> Jeannie, Jeannie hates Burnley assets with a passion. We know that to be true. Um, and it doesn't even have any basis in reality anymore because Dice is gone. Company is a much more attacking, interesting, exciting style of play manager. I mean, it just, don't, I don't get it, but it it's whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, out of this, out of this batch, who do you love? Who are you not a huge fan of? I'm not a huge fan of Tenali. Um, I think he'll be 
more defensive. I don't see him taking many sets off of trips. Um, I don't love Bruno G. Kind of a similar... Um, although, I mean, the introduction of Tonelli might allow him to get forward a little bit more, but I've, I'll believe it when I see it. Almiron, not my cup of tea. Way too streaky and, and goal-dependent, and they have a bit more uh, options this season. So he's... yeah. He's uh, not on my list. Um, Decore, not on my list either. I think he'll be a bit more defensive too. Bernardo Silva was horrific last season. Um, why would Decore go? Why would Decore suddenly be more defensive in the same system? Uh, because uh, Danjuma is coming in as number ten, possibly. And Decore was was um, was playing that Dillian. number ten role. I don't know. Yeah. Inter okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Mudrik, kind of a lottery ticket. I, I don't see him as a starter if everybody's healthy. That um, Nkunku injury might open up a spot. But um, he's one of those guys you can get usually later. Um, so he's he's another one of those lottery tickets. Oh, my God. Delhi. No. Adam brought Love up the Dele interview, Ali. but yeah, it's still not. No, <laughs> I'll do that. Um, yeah, I'll stop. I'll stop there for now. All right. I'll How about for you, Sadi? Um, for me, I like Bernardo Silva. I think. Um, I think. How? It, it's it's a bit of a four D chess situation, but I think um, Barcelona have enough center mids. Um, with um, with Oreo Romeo going there and with um, with Gavi there as well, um, I think they don't need Bernardo Silva, um, and they're going to spend the uh, Usman Dembele money possibly on Cancelo instead of Bernardo Silva. So Silva is staying, I think, and um, Pep wants him to stay, and. Um, he will share right wing minutes with um, with Alvarez and Foden, and so he will get the minutes. He'll get the minutes, um, and he started this. Well, that's that's what he that's what you get at Man City. Some minutes. Get Man City. He will get some minutes. Yes, he will get some minutes, and I think he will get some production. Um, that said, last season. He was extremely streaky. He was. He started the season very well, uh, and then dropped off a, an absolute cliff. So you need to pay attention to that drop off um, and and get out when you when you uh, can. I still think that uh, he is the cheapest way in for you to get a piece of a Man City attack. But you can you can get him you can get him at like, like yeah but but look at look at the other players in this list there are their defensive midfielders absolute rotation play, pieces like Trossard, um or just not very good players and there is a Man City attacking midfielder in this on this <laughs> list obviously we know why he's there. Uh, but I think he's cheap and 
possibly he has the highest ceiling out of this lot. Uh, I mean that's that is a good comment. You guys aren't surprised on anyone. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll brighten it up a little bit. I like Clybert, um as opposed to Traore. I think he does fit uh, Iriola's system. It's obvious because he did uh, buy him uh, from Valencia during his time in Spain. He must have seen Clybert uh, up close and, and really liked him. So that's always a always a good sign. Um, I saw him play at Valencia a bit. He was. He had his moments for sure, um, so I think, I think he'll probably hit the ground running. Um, and yeah, it's kind of a bet on Bournemouth um, finding their feet with this new manager, which um, I'm all for. Um, Wilson has his has his upside as well, based on the um, end of end of last season, where Fulham goes without Mitro. If he does leave, is another story. Rice and Trossard are very interesting. Um, Rice obviously is a CDM, but he had a slightly better numbers um, at West Ham. Will he come in at, in the Jaka role, which would allow him a little bit more freedom to get up, uh, up and down the pitch? He'll always get his you know, interceptions and tackles won and all of those points, but will he get up enough to um, to get some attacking returns? Um, so that would be predicated upon him playing. Um, alongside party and with party taking the deeper role um if not then then he's not worth rostering uh in my opinion so that's really uh up in the air and then yeah trussard i would say i still don't see him in our best 11 as well as he's done in preseason and as good of a player as i think he is um but he's just so flexible it, it kind of detracts from his ability to be in the best 11 so those two i'm really unsure of um, trissard is one of those guys if you look at war um wins above replacement right like in terms of like him being better than any guy you're going to get off the waiver wire uh he's basically like a man city player right where like if you could factor in Simicast or something yeah yeah, yeah Simicast or yeah something like that if you can factor in the rotation um and somehow hold him keep that spot on your bench um and just know that you know, you're going to be able to slot him in for X number of games over the course of the season. He's he's absolutely worth it. He's definitely worth it. I mean, he's going to deliver fantasy points when he starts. That's just the only question is how often that is. Which is why I think you start. You should probably start treating him more like a city uh, cover. So pairing him with another Arsenal asset, um, I think, is probably the play have rostering him by himself it would probably be a bit maddening yeah um a player i like out of this lot other than bernardo silva is kevin Schade, who um who had a rocky start to his time at brentford but um as uh, as the author of the brentford preview i did a little too much digging into how they how they operate and how they um, are likely to play with Tony in Tony's absence, and I think he features in both of their uh, primary formations, both the three-five-two or five-three-two, whichever way you look at it, or the four-three-three, and I think he gets most minutes after Ambomo 
and um, I think he will kick on. So haven't seen him uh, much preseason. Yeah, he has one assist, uh, but but nothing to write home about. Fair enough. I don't know if this is right. I was just checking on Ducore, um, but I'm looking at, um, as I mentioned in the last podcast, FPL Romfrosk uh, has an insanely amazing preseason um, tool. That's a massive Google spreadsheet of all the preseason games. Um, he has Everton's, not the one they just played, but the one before the the game before that. Um, he has a four four two with Danjuma and a Wobi leading the line, which is interesting. Um, probably won't happen starting the season. But then uh, Garner, Ducore, Idrissa Gay, and McNeil were the the midfield in that game. I don't know. It's interesting. I regardless, I think. Even if you think Ducore moves back a little bit, I saw enough of Everton last season, fortunately or unfortunately, probably the latter, but um, I saw enough of them to, to know that like a lot of their players were actually getting into dangerous areas. I was actually really impressed with the amount of times I saw like Onana uh, up in the, the opponent's box. Um, so I just I think that I still think Ducore is gonna gonna be fine. Um, I'm doing a 180 from like a couple of years ago when Benji and I had a spat about that. But um, but actually, I like him now. I like him in the current system. And um, and yeah, I, I've always liked his talent. I just was, I was always skeptical of what he could actually contribute. And I think in this system, he can. Another freezing cold decoray take from Joe. Freezing cold. Benji calls him out. <laughs> I mean, I have him the highest of anybody except for what Robbie so yeah i guess I, I should have a reason for that jesus robbie Ooh. yeah i know right all right one one player i like out of this group is granted he's injured but jacob ramsey with as late as you can get him in drafts um i would absolutely scoop him up he was fantastic last season he was nailed in the starting 11 and i think he will be again once he comes back um I'm I'm a big fan, and I think that especially now that the injury has happened, um, people know about it, and he's plummeting in drafts, and so you can get him out of value if you're willing to hold um, for I don't know a month or whatever it is. Whatever, what is it? That's a great question. Um, I looked at it today. I think it's what uh, at least Fantrax has it being. Uh, All right. Uh, supposedly, supposedly expected to return. Da, da, da. He was not included in the traveling squad for Phil's preseason and United States tour. Um, late fitness test for opening weekend, supposedly. But that's fan tracks. We should really check uh, Premier. <laughs> <clears throat> See what his projections are as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, Gavin said he had he had him in his top fifty before the injury. But regardless, yeah, I, he was I going like him. Fourth round prior to the injury. Yeah. Fourth round. And if now that turns into a ninth round pick, sign me up. Absolutely. Well, so, if he if he gets back, then then yeah. Yeah. If you have to hold him for weeks on end, then don't sign me up. <laughs> 
Um, Ouch. Apparently, Ryan, did you keep track of the Villa uh, friendly today? Apparently, Tielemon had a a fantastic game. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, Because, yeah, I was going back and forth and fucking again. Um, Yeah, he's a... He and Dougie Louise is an interesting situation. I think they'll... I'm worried that they'll cancel each other out, to be honest. Um, the opening of a spot in midfield with Ramsey being out might... I mean, they're they're basically the same player. Um, so it would be tough to play with both of them on the pitch at the same time. I think one of them loses out. So I think Tielemann's probably... Depending on his name recognition a bit in terms of the draft. So I'm staying away, but I could... I could see a world in which he, you know, breaks through a little bit, but nah, I mean, sixth round, I'm I'm taking somebody else. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I think that about does it on this group. Um Yeah. Yep, cool. All right. Here are a couple that did not make any of the previous lists that we discussed and some that are quite low in our consensus ranks that came out um, today. And maybe I just wanted to just mention them quickly. So uh, we've got Kovacic at 105, Caicedo at 113, Buendia at 114, Willock at 116, Enzo Fernandez at 127. And these guys, these are all guys who are going a lot higher in drafts than what we have them ranked. So I just wanted us to kind of quickly mention why we have these guys so low so any of them you guys want to tackle feel free uh i'll take buendia um i used to love him like all of us obviously different player now um had it has had a, a good preseason uh to be honest i think the um, i watched that whole preseason game against um against newcastle and he was he was great um having said that he was horrible fantasy-wise last season, despite playing quite a bit. He <laughs> yes. was averaged less than seven points per start. Um, and he got a lot of opportunities in the Emory system. So I just don't think... And he has the exact same PPS as McGinn, 6.8, which is super mediocre and not worth drafting, which is why I think it comes down to Emory's system. It just doesn't... It's just not conducive for points to be scored by that many people let alone the midfielders so that's why i think he's probably being drafted higher than he is just because of his past um achievements and his name and maybe somebody watched the preseason and thought that he looked good so i'm still off on him but um i mean i wish him the best obviously but i just don't see him getting out of this rut points wise yeah Um, I'll take Kovacic. I think uh, the assumption on Kovacic is that he somewhat steps into the Gundogan role with his production. Um, while I think um, he is uh, a good player and brings a lot of of um, value to the City team, I don't think he'll be the box crusher that, uh, that Ilkay Gundogan was and therefore I, th- I I struggle to see his production being close to what Gundogan's was. It's yeah, yeah. 
sorry, I'm a stickler for for this one because I definitely butcher names, but it's Gundawan. <laughs> silent. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. The the city fans that I hear say Gundagan is just it, that's when it bothers me. Um, I mean, it's it's every it's pretty much every podcast that I listen to they say it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. I mean the yeah. It is the president. President they've had for twenty years also has that a similar type. It's Erdogan. But, um, <laughs> but we did say Fernandez Inzo. instead of Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, Fernandes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and Tillemont. Tillemont. Yeah. Also, what about uh, Kieran Trippier? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's English, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. He's just English. Fucking Sunday roast. Yeah. Trippier. <laughs> um, as far as Caicedo. Kieran. Kieran Trippier. Enzo, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Go, I, I was going to mention that because I just looked up his numbers. Um, since Boxing Day, six point three nine points per game. I mean, people talk about him yeah. having a having a floor. Not really. Like yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand. I I don't understand the narrative behind this guy. I just don't get it. He he's not a fantasy asset. He's a great defensive midfielder. He's going to be one of the best in the world for the next fifteen years. But he's not a fantasy asset. Yeah, the only glimmer of hope that I had for him this season is if um, is if they sign Caicedo, um, which would give him more license to to get forward. The fact that they haven't, um, yeah, means that he's gonna have the same ex- product middling production that you just mentioned, Joe. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, even that is like God. I mean, you want to talk about players who are are similar? Um, well. <laughs> Mason Mount actually just right right above him from last season uh, since Boxing Day six point three five points per match so that's brutal but like other you know other players like Amadou Onana's right there and nobody thinks like he he's an insane or a, you know, a really good fantasy asset it's just like these are these are all these oh, Jeffrey nobody. Jeffrey Schlupp these are all these same type of guys and we we know what they are so people just need to start treating Enzo the same way. Um, Joe Legends. Willick, Joe Willick, I'm over him. I'm done with him, and now he has more competition. So I just I don't know why we're still talking about him. But he did, to be you, fair, you have that run. <laughs> I know I put it in the doc. I'm, I'm aware. I just thought people would be like, "Wait, where's Joe Willick?" He's, he had he's a not great there. run. Had a great run. He does every season, doesn't he? He had a great he's run, a just pro, like Almiron. Fantrax is projecting that he'll score 11 a game. <laughs> so the Bible that. says it. it it's true. <laughs> yes. St. Paul's letter to Willock. All right, you smartasses. Uh, okay, late round gems. Whoever wants to tackle this first, go for it. Uh, who are a late round gem that you're targeting between 9 and 12 and a late round gem that you're targeting between 13 and 16? You don't have to give away the farm, but uh, give us at least at least one of your sleepers. Kind of do. At least the barn. The the barn. The barns. Go ahead. No. Oh God. Go ahead, Teddy. I want to think about this. I'll go Anthony Gordon. Nice. I love that. 
I'll go Anthony Gordon. I, there was some chatter about uh, him in the YouTube um, chat uh, while we were talking Newcastle attackers. And I think Almiron is on thin ice at right wing. I think he will start the season if he doesn't pick up an injury at right wing. But Gordon will come in um, and play minutes and he will be good, I think, on the right wing. Um, he's one of my uh, late-ish round uh, picks. Uh, the other one for me is Facundo Buonanotte. Nice. Um, who I think he will start game week one oh. instead of Soli March. Uh, so, so as I said, as Cesar, I said, maybe. in uh, and will start as well. I think and will start as the further most uh, midfielder in the midfield three, and I think. I think he has the best opportunity the right to be a consistent starter from that, all those cooks. Outside of, obviously, the nailed on Matoma, Matoma uh, yeah. March. I agree, fit. I agree, but because he can play center mid as well. Uh, but but as for late, late, late round uh, punts who have a good chance of starting early and hitting the ground running, I, I like Bernardo because I think, yeah, uh, as I said in the uh pod two days ago for defenders after after like round 13 you're drafting for game week one and as long as you don't hear anything on Solly march getting back into training or whatever then that right wing spot is open for business and i think bonate will has a chance at least obviously there are a lot of um options uh, at brighton especially attacking options but i'm keeping my fingers crossed for him I like it. Um, yeah, nine through twelve. Yeah, I like Clivert. Um, uh, Brooks is another one of those Bournemouth boys. If you get one of the other ones previously, he's kind of a good cover in case he emerges. You can get him usually pretty late. Um, let's see here. Yeah, we talked. To what about Saint Nate? What what are what are you guys uh, thinking about Saint Nate? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no, man, he's, he's a seasoned he's, veteran of Premier League football. He could what be it? he could be a flyer. Yeah, I guess he could be a flyer late round if you want. But I I mean, Burnley have uh, City and then a blank, so probably not worth drafting yeah. any Burnley players. No. Yeah. I would say. Uh, but but um, but yeah, I think later in the season, um, when they're stuck stuck not being able to progress the ball against um, solid Premier League teams, then I think they'll turn to Saint Saint Nick. <laughs> that is quite interesting. Um, Tom's yeah, Tom's saying he's ready to get hurt again by Damsgaard. I am no, not, I'm never again. I'm Tom, you got to guard your heart, man. You can't do that to yourself. You cannot do that once, to yourself. Once bitten. <laughs> um, so, Mike Drop Daily Fantasy Sports is saying, with William now looking like he's leaving, any Fulham guys interesting as late flyers, I was just going to say, yes. As a very late flyer, Jamie's boy, Damari Gray. Feel free to add him. 
personal or Hudson terms. Adoy. Hudson Adoy is not a midfielder, but yes, you're right. Um, at least not in fan tracks. I'm trying to transition us into the forwards. Ah, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no. I like I like Demar Gray really late. Um, Nine to twelve. I like uh, maybe Alfie Doughty from from um, Luton. I guess is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Interesting. Um, they also have blank in game week too. Just FYI. That's right. They do have a blank, at, which is frustratingly blank, against yeah. Burnley. At yeah. Brighton, and it's almost as bad as Burnley, to be honest. Yeah, I just have a feeling about him where, as long as he doesn't lose his spot. Oh my god! I have Here a feeling about him. No, 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 no. This one, trust me. Um, I'll, as long as he doesn't lose back. his spot, I think I think he's going to ghost pretty heavily. So I I would I would check him Lewis out. And Potter. he's a mid, so he's he's playing he's playing wing back. He's a mid, so yeah, he's not going to lose sir. points. And um, just shut the hell up. Uh, <laughs> didn't <laughs> no. didn't we say that uh, Mark RG is taking over his spot? Mark my words. We don't know Ryan Giles necessarily, or Giles. We don't know that necessarily yet. Um, most Luton fans are saying that that Dowdy can play on both sides, and that it would be incredibly harsh for him to be dropped after his contributions last season to get them up. So I think he'll at least get the beginning of the season, and I think you just kind of gauge and see how he does. But um, I'm willing to give it, I don't know, three or four weeks. Until the break. Sure. Yeah, maybe. So that's two games, essentially, because you're not starting here against Brighton, and you're not starting here in a blank. I mean, why not against Brighton? At Brighton? That's a tough picture. We're getting him for his ghosts, not necessarily for... And again, he doesn't need a clean sheet, so... Not going to have the ball much. I don't know. We'll talk about it after game week one. We will. You're right. right. They won't They won't have much of the ball at all. At all. <laughs> but he I'm will sorry. have all of the ball when they have the ball. Yeah? All right. Forward? Sounds like a keeper. <laughs> no, it's he's a, he's a midfielder. <laughs> all right that is it for midfielders Likewise. we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up that is it for midfielders thanks for tuning in um i'm gonna go ahead and cut this here for any audio listeners so if you're curious why there's such an abrupt cutoff it's because in the live show we are going right into forwards so um thanks for joining us go ahead and go on to the next one in the podcast feed